Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Killer Kwanzaa. Uh, Kwanzaa starts after Christmas, doesn't it? I don't remember. Um, but anyway, no matter what you're celebrating, uh, we hope that you have a great celebration. Uh, a few weeks ago, I asked, uh, does uh, Hanukkah start yet? And uh, no, Hanukkah started on the 18th. So uh, I forgive me, uh, those of you who celebrate Hanukkah, that I did not have my dates right. Uh, but I am uh, ready for the uh, holidays and yes. I am ready to uh take a lot of drugs to get through the holidays <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking okay uh welcome to our uh holiday episode uh uh one cardinal one cub and one beer and i do want to remind you like us on facebook follow us on twitter if you do that, I guarantee you, you will be blessed. Just a <laughs> like or a follow, and you will see the blessings of heaven pouring down. <laughs> That's that right. collection plate. Or you can contact us at one card, one cup, one beer at gmail.com. Always love to read your emails. And I do remind you that Patreon is coming at the beginning of the year. We've got some merch that we uh, uh, will be putting on there. We've got some new merch that will be coming out. And uh, also, if you are on a Mac or a PC, down at the right-hand corner, click on that faint logo so you can subscribe to our page. JJ, I want to show you something. All right. Now, I had Christmas with my family, okay? Merry Christmas. My extended family. And a family member gave me something, and she told me, you cannot tell anybody who gave this to you because this family member is a Cardinal fan. Okay. Oh, I like, a, now, I like I know, a family member already. I know a lot of people have seen this, but you've probably not seen this take on it. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that take on it. Very nice. Yeah. Very she very actually nice. had to ask the person at the craft show. Um, can you reverse it and put the, uh, cardinal guy in the urinal and you know the two cub guys so so the person who made these actually did that and uh i mean it it was i guess uh for a cardinal fan to ask that that uh to happen it, it shows how much somebody appreciates me in this life but i'm not going to mention her name but thank you uh what's going on with you jj we've you know we've had all kinds of office parties and uh comedians in different areas have had some christmas parties and one of my co-workers uh kim grimes surprised me the other day and uh she made this event i don't know if i can show it on here but i thought you'd get a kick out of it one cardinal oh one my cardinal, gosh one beer and it says opera jackson podcast right there how about that huh very cool very cool i need one well, I'm going to find out. I'm going to do all. It was in my power. I'm getting you one. And she, I think she put opera because we had Cardinals first. So we put opera first on the, on the podcast. See right there. Lennon and McCartney, opera Jackson. I like it. Okay. Now, is that a, is, is that iron on screen? I'm not sure. She you know? has a family member that has a, um, I'm really not. I, it might be ironed on. Uh, she has a family member that has a t-shirt business and, and uh, had that made, and I opened it up, and I had to show everybody. I absolutely loved it. Um, so, but Weird. I was waiting to surprise you. I was waiting to surprise you. 
we are going to have to have a contest and have that be a prize. Amen. Okay? I like that. I like uh, it. <laughs> <clears throat> what is going on in uh, Cardinal land? Well, not a whole lot. I think the Cardinals have decided our, uh, we really value our minor leaguers, our young guys, and we're going to go, we're going to roll with them because there was a lot, you know, you hear rumors. There was a lot of offers for a lot of our young guys and we stood fast. We didn't want, I, a lot of people were asking about Donovan, Newbar, Carlson, um, Walker, Wynn. Uh, but so far they're still here. And uh, Contreras was the really the, by far the biggest move. And, I think they're going to roll with the young guys, and uh, they believe in them. So that looks like our team right now, but there's still a lot of time before the season starts. So we'll see. I hope they're right with what they're doing. Um, I kind of wanted to mention this. Uh, well, first of all, we lost uh, a beloved player that was a Cardinal and a Cub. Kurt Simmons uh, passed away on December 13th, uh, three-time All-Star uh, played from uh, 47 to 67, and he missed one year uh, due to military service. Uh, played most of his career with the Phillies, 13 seasons, seven with the Cardinals, two with the Cubs, and one with the Angels. And he finished his career, a, a nice career, 191 wins, 182 losses, a 3.55 ERA, 162 complete games. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't even imagine that. And he pitched uh, three th over 3,200 innings. Best seasons was 1950 with the Phillies. He went 17 and 8. And with the Cardinals in 64, when we had that big comeback at the end of the year where we caught the Phillies and went on to beat the Yankees in the World Series, he went 18 and 9 that year with a 3.43 ERA. So um, anyway, Kurt Simmons, we lost a good one there. Not a Hall of Famer, but a three-time All-Star and a very, very good player and a big part of uh, baseball history right there. And the other news, I didn't know if I really wanted to touch on this, but Cardinal announcer, TV announcer Dan McLaughlin has stepped down, had some personal problems. So um, he's been with the Cardinals 24 seasons. And, it doesn't uh, seem like that. I, I know. It didn't seem like I agree. I agree. Um, although, uh, I don't know who's going to be the play-by-play the -play guy, but uh, I know Joe Buck. What about uh, Jack? John Jr. Jackson. Yeah. Ho, ho. Yeah. I, oh, man. I'd do that. I'd be Fred Bird in between innings, whatever they needed. I would do it. But Joe Buck would be great. He's just doing Monday Night Football, I believe, now. He's not as busy as he used to be. And I know Jack Buck was our announcer forever. And he, when Joe was here, and did, he did a very good job. So I don't know who they're going to get. It's going to be fun to see who they, they find. But uh, anyway, that's pretty much it. And and uh, the winner of our contest, Robbie Spear in Union, Missouri, got his mug. So just uh, anyway, so that's it in Cardinal land right there. With uh, Joe Buck, who, you know, cut his teeth doing Cardinal games. Um, in both, well, in 2011 and 2013, both, I think he was commentating for the World Series or play-by-play. -play. I think it was both of them. Oh, yes. And my friends who were Cardinal fans were just livid with him uh, that, that he was anti-Cardinal and all this. You know, he, he's not favoring the Cardinals. He, and I would try to explain to he's not 
doing local broadcasts. He is doing the World Series for a national audience. He can't favor one team over the other, but they took his his approach as a slight to the Cardinals. And I I know he's he's made some little quips on the air before about that. So I, I know it hurt him, you know, with his dad being such a legend and everything. But sometimes I I feel like and I'm sure this is with every fan base, but I'm most familiar with Cardinal fan base because I live here. Sometimes I feel like the Cardinal fan base, the majority of people really don't have much of a clue with what goes on in baseball in general. And that when you are commentating for the World Series with as, as a national commentator or play-by-play person, you can't sit there and say, well, man, the Cardinals are so much better than the Red Sox. Red Sox suck, you know, and all this other stuff. Boston <laughs> strong, you know. You can't do that when you're no. doing uh, a national broadcast. So, uh, and I'm sure, you know, they're, they're, every fan base, their their fans tend to kind of be a little bit myopic when it comes to baseball in general. And uh, I, I think that's uh, uh, one of the reasons why um, I've thought about for a few years doing this podcast, but I never could find someone that I felt like would would bring not just the fandom to the table, but a, a general understanding of baseball. And when I met you, we would talk baseball. I felt, man, you got it. Um, I mean, you're going to have to open up and be a little more outgoing on the camera. I mean, so. I I believe the silent majority. There's going to be people that complain about everything. Yeah, you can't make everybody happy, and it seems like the unhappy people are the loudest. But the silent majority, they, I believe, I truly believe they understand that. And as a Cardinal fan, I'm very proud if um, a Cub fan of a Cub player makes a shoestring catch or a great throw, you see a large majority of the fan base, they'll give them a standing ovation. They just like hard, play hard, hustle baseball. And um, I was at the game where uh, Griffey hit a 600th home run in St. Louis, and he came out for curtain calls, and it made me feel good because I love the game. I love the players. I try to be fair, too. I mean, there's a lot of Cub fans the best compliment I can give a player is, man, I wish he was on the Cardinals. And there's been a lot of Cub players through the years that I, I wish was on the Cardinals. Uh, Ryan Sandberg, love that guy. Love that guy. And I like that you guys took him away from the Phillies. I, I like him even more for that. <laughs> but thank that you. Was, that was a steal. Uh, he he was the throw-in. It I was uh, the Jesus for Boa. And, all right, well, throw in that Sandberg guy. And, <laughs> that happens a lot in baseball. That worked out pretty good for us. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, let's get to Cubby news. Um, the other day, I'm sitting on the couch. Uh, uh, Max is over. Um, I think we were watching pickleball or something weird. You know, not not really being too serious. The Ocho. Yeah, and all of a sudden he's like, "Oh my gosh, we just signed Swanson. We just we just well, agreed." Wisconsin. <laughs> so, you know, we're like on our phones and, you know, going crazy. <laughs> this is what it was like, or this, this was the reality. If we did not sign Dansby Swanson, this was going to be a colossal failure for Jed Hoyer and Carter Hawkins. I don't know 
how they the Cubs could have saved face. Uh, there would have been fans who would have not went to games, so on and so forth, because there were four premier shortstops where the Cubs were a big market team. We have all the money in the world. We have the history behind us. We have a great facility to play in. We've got an awesome fan base. And if we could not sign one of the top four shortstops, it was going to be a colossal failure. Now, this is what I have found out. We did meet with Carlos Correa, and I'll get to him in a minute, um, about what happened the last two days with Carlos Correa. Mm. But we had a meeting with him at the winter meetings. And Correa was there with his his agent, Oros, and we also had uh, Carter Hawkins and Jed Hoyer present in the meeting. We did not, it's come out that we did not offer a contract because he was asking for the world, which he tentatively got from the Giants and now he's got from the Mets. So from our perspective looking in, it was like, okay, Trey Turner's gone, uh, Bogarts is gone, and we're not going to sign Correa. Correa then, then was gone. It's, it's Swanson, okay? We got a gold glove shortstop um, whose war is pretty much identical last year to Correa's. Um, his numbers are very identical to Correa's. We got him for almost half the amount of years, and we didn't spend three hundred million. We spent one hundred seventy-seven million. We got seven years, one hundred seventy-seven million for Swanson. Good job. Which um, I, I know that's this is this is baseball world. Yeah, that's that's a bargain. Now he's still getting paid um, an annual. I don't know. I. 25, 26 million. I don't know. He's still making a lot of money annually, but we didn't have to extend to the point where we're still paying him when he's not productive. So Hoyer and Hawkins went from public enemy number one to, gosh, man, those guys are really smart. Look what they did. (laughs) So I'm very happy about that. Um, Brad Boxberger, we signed him one year, 2.8 million. Uh, Boxberger has been around for probably 12, 13 years. He is closed. He is set up. He's a very good piece to have in your bullpen. So I'm very happy that we got uh, Brad Boxberger. Uh, Sergio Alcantara, we signed him to a minor league deal. Uh, Alcantara is an infielder. He can play around the diamond. He's uh, Diamondbacks, and who else has he been with? Anyway, he's, he's about 26. He's not a power hitter. He I think he's got a career 220 average, but he's 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 a person. What is a little concerning for me is that Justin Turner was signed by the Red Sox. Uh, Brandon Drury was signed by um, the Angels. Uh, Matt Carpenter, who I was more in love with his bat than anything else, uh, he's going to the Padres. And uh, third base options are starting to shrink a little bit, and. I, if we have Patrick Wisdom at third and Matt Mervis at first, there's a lot of pop there. The problem is Wisdom went 
from his rookie year where he was a very solid to good defensive third baseman to last year when he just looked like a designated hitter playing third base. In fact, by the end of the year, he wasn't playing any third base at all. We had him at first base a lot or DHing. So third base is looking a little shaky for us. I don't think Christopher Morell is an everyday third baseman. Um, I like what he brings to the table. He's a utility player. He can play a lot of positions, both infield and outfield. He's got speed. He's got pop. Um, he's got uh, more energy and exuberance uh, <laughs> than a person should have. He is he is Mr. I'm happy to be here. God, let's play some baseball, you know. So uh, I do like that about him. I just don't see him as an everyday third baseman. So I'm kind of concerned how our third base is going to look. I'm very, very pleased with what we have up the middle. We may be one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best team in baseball up the middle. Um, Jan Gomes is a defense first catcher. Um, we have Gold Glover at shortstop. We moved Nika Horner back to second base, where he was a Gold Glove finalist a few years ago. And I don't know how Nico Horner was not a Gold Glove finalist at shortstop this year. The guy is is a fantastic shortstop. He's a fantastic middle infielder. If you watch him, this will go back a few years for Cardinal fans. He reminds me a lot of Tommy Hurt. That kind of a skill set. Yeah, solid. Um, yeah, decent hitter. Uh, he may have a little more power than her. I don't know. Her pay, played in a different era when, you know, Bush Stadium was like trying to hit a ball out of the Grand Canyon. So, um her never was known for his power, but he could put the bat on the ball and he could spray the ball around and he was an excellent defender. And then in center field, we have uh, uh, Cody Bellinger, who's an excellent defensive center fielder. He won a gold glove as a right fielder a few years ago, um, but he's an excellent center fielder. So for a team that we've built a pitching staff that is going to be a pitch to contact staff, we have the defense up the middle for that. I'm just concerned about third base. I'm not concerned about left field. Ian Happ, Gold Glover in left field. Um, I'm not concerned about right field. Seiya Suzuki won multiple Gold Gloves in the Japanese League, and he's an excellent defender too. Defensively, we're really good now, except first base is a, uh, we don't know, with Matt Mervis there. Matt Mervis and Patrick Wisdom there, that combination. Third base, I mean, as it stands now, it's it's Morel, Wisdom, that kind of a combination. Maybe Zach McKinstry in there a little bit. So the corners, they concern me a little bit. And so we don't have the defensive team that the Cardinals have, but we have really closed the gap defensively uh, with the Cardinals. And we've closed the gap a little bit offensively by adding Swanson. I know we lost Contreras. I know that we lost that bat. But um, we're not going to miss the sometimes average to below average defensive stuff. Contreras has a gun, and he loves to throw men out. He loves to do the uh, um, behind the runner, the left-handed hitter, you know, try to throw out at, at first base. That pickoff, he, he loves to do that. Um, pitchers don't like catchers who – do that a lot because they jump around and they lose strikes sometimes. Hopefully, being we have the technology, we'll just go to the the robot umpire. It's you know, there's going to hate me for that, and uh, just just have the balls a strike called 
um, what they should be. So, I, now, I think the, I think the Cubs are going to be a, much, a better team, and I think in two years they're even going to be a better team. I think you guys are going to compete for a playoff spot. I really do. I know there's a, the the big time the big payroll teams in the National League and the Braves. It's going to be tough. Almost we almost have to win our division to get in, but. I think you guys, us and the Cubs are going to be fighting for a playoff spot. And Swanson, I, I really, I when I seen the four shortstops, he was, at, at first I thought, well, he was the lesser of the four. But then I delved into his statistics. And like you said, I think he was, uh, you know, maybe third out of that group. And uh, he, I think he wanted to come to Chicago. Like you said before, his wife's there playing soccer and there was a story at his press conference about his grandfather loved the Cubs and uh that was a dream of his to always play for the Cubs and I'm telling you what that's just if you got a guy that wants to come like Korea this is just my take I think he'd go wherever the biggest dollars were it didn't matter where he played but I, when you got a guy that wants to come to your team and it's been a dream I'm telling you what there's just something about that I it just it rubs off, you know, his enthusiasm and wanting to do his very, very best. It's not just a job. That's how I feel. Yeah. And uh, I, let's bring up Correa, the, the biggest news in baseball right now. Signed a 13-year contract, $350 million with the Giants. Had his press conference three hours before the press conference is called off without much of a word. And then word comes out that, oh, he failed the physical or there was a concern with the physical. And then the next thing I knew newsworthy, it was that, oh, he signed for 11 years, $310 million with the Mets. So, yeah, and uh, the Mets are going to have to run out of money one of these years. But anyway, um, (laughs) so they're obviously going all in. But then I'm not a, I'm not a Scott Boris fan, but I, do believe he's always looking out for his clients, you know, their financial well-being. And and from everybody who's been with him, he looks out for them, not just, hey, I want to make a lot of money with you. And apparently when they called off the, or I guess they were going to postpone it or whatever, the, the press conference, Boris told the Giants, hey, man, um, what are you doing? We've given you plenty of time to get this in order. And now you're saying pump the brakes. And so Boris is the one, I guess, Boris and Correa, they, they conferred and said, screw them, forget it. And the bets, you know, uh, the uh, horse that they are these days, they jumped yeah. right in and said, <laughs> we'll take you. So, I think there's probably more to this story. We're going to find out more in the weeks to come what actually happened there. But if you're spending $350 million over 13 seasons, I'd probably want everything checked out to its fullest, you know, and if you, you don't want anybody getting hurt and they might, I, who knows, there could be something there just was questioning or something, but uh, he's with the Mets now. So there's not a whole lot we can do. There's two things about Boris that I'm not crazy about. One is, he always floats these rumors that this team's interested in that team. I don't really hear that from a lot of other agents. And whenever his players have a bad year, it always seems like, oh, it wasn't a bad year. It turned out they were hurt. It always uses that hurt thing. They had some sort of injury. Sometimes they just have a bad year. But no, it was, he would have had a great year if it wasn't for an injury. That's how I, I maybe, I don't know what I'm talking But that's oh, how I, right. I see it. 
you know. He, uh, he found the Colorado Rockies to to take Chris Bryant. <laughs> Bryant is more fragile than my aging toenails. I mean, it. I love him as a player, loved him as a player, but I never, I don't see him bouncing back to be a superstar, even playing in Colorado because he can't play a full season. Talk about playing a full season. Uh, Correa has only played, I think, more than 135 games once in his career. So it's not like he's, I, I, I think the Giants had a little bit of buyer's remorse. Ah, oh, that's right. I can and that. thought, there's no way the last five years, four, five, six years of this contract, we are going to be, you know, mm. yeah, that's going to be a mess. I, I think that may have been some of it that oh, we got some concerns about, you know, the, uh, the physical. Yeah. The physical. So <laughs> but he, like passed, said, he passed the Mets physical just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of like, uh, going to to football to play football at a university of miami in the 80s somehow you passed all your courses always went to class uh never partied never got arrested or anything like that you know that's right (laughs) they're all boy scouts down in miami that's right that's right so uh we being there's not a whole lot going on jj explain the game that we're going to play oh this game sweeping the nation bringing people together from both sides of the table. I tell you what, my family's going to be playing it. It's called Cub or Cardinal. And now I'm going to give a, I'm going to ask a question to Vince and he's going to ask me questions and we'll give a little pause there so you can stop the tape and listen, but we're going to ask you a question and the answer can only be Cardinal or Cub. All right. So that's, that's it. And uh, we're going to, I think we're going to answer each other 10 questions and maybe we'll learn something here, but believe me, some of these questions I'm asking, nobody in their right mind will know the answer. They're just going to take educational guesses. I'd say. (laughs) Okay. You asked, ask me first. I mean, I got a 50, 50 shot at all these. Everybody. Yeah, that's right. We got 50, 50 shots. All right. Out of our two teams, which team has has won the most batting titles in their history. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's <laughs> hold on. Question number three, which team has the most players to win batting titles? Oh, all right. So, well, we so kind of, yeah, I know the answer. Okay. But we will take that one out being it's, a, we ask each other the same, but the question, the answer is the Cardinals. Yeah. The Cardinals. Um, yeah. And it's not uh, even close, by the way. I got 22 to 15. 22 yeah, Cardinals, 15. That's, well, that's not too bad. The last uh, one of either one of our teams to win a betting title, I did. I forgot about this. 2005, Derek Lee. Yes. And it was a 335 batting average. What a year. Was he just a one great year he had, or did he have a pretty nice career? He had a nice career, but that one year um, – he 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 was Albert Pujols that year. Um, year. Forty plus home runs. He he was a really good player. Uh, we got him from the Marlins, and uh, he had a decent career. He had he had a really good career, but that one year he was just so. so. Well, the last Cardinal to win the batting title. I I always threw a little stats in there with each of these questions. Two thousand three, Albert Pujols with a three fifty nine batting average. So that was 
the Cardinals last batting champion, but 22 for the Cardinals, 15 for the Cubs. And I swear, Vince, I didn't ask questions that are all Cardinal centric either to make us look good and you to look bad. I swear that was just one of the Cardinal questions there. All right. Okay. So that one doesn't count. So we're down to nine questions each. Go ahead and ask another one. Oh, okay. Uh, which team, and I'm, this is kind of a long question, the most Hall of Famers that played predominantly with our teams. So they had to spend most of their career with the Cubs or most of the years with the Cardinals. I'm going to say Cardinals. Just barely. The Cardinals have 18 players that play predominantly with the Cardinals in the Hall of Fame. The Cubs have 16. So just two, two player difference. Uh, the Cardinals are the third most uh, players in the Hall of Fame, and the Cubs are fourth. First, of course, the Yankees, and second is the as the New York slash San Francisco Giants, hmm. and they they've had twenty players. So the Yankees twenty seven players, and the Giants twenty, Cardinals eighteen, Cubs sixteen. Now, in the history of the team, Hall of Famers that played, the Cubs have forty eight players that at one time or that eventually got to the hall of fame and the Cardinals have 37. So a lot of, a uh, lot of talent came through both St. Louis and Chicago. Yeah. And, and a lot of uh, hall of famers played for both teams. You got rock, uh, uh Hornsby. Um, oh, did, did Dizzy Dean late in his career go to the Cubbies? Uh, yeah. He finished so. his career with the Cubs. Um, Leo DeRocher, I think, played with the Cardinals, but managed the Cubs. Managed, managed the Cubs, yeah. So, and Bruce Suter? Bruce Suter? Bruce? Yeah. Bruce. Bruce. Okay. <clears throat> My first question to you is, which team started in the American Association? Ooh, which team started in the American? Well, I'm going to say it had to be the Cubs, because I don't think the Cardinals were ever in the American Association. I'm Is sorry, that... the Cardinals oh. started in, I think, 1890 in the American Association. I'll be darned. I did not know that. They're going to pull my Cardinal card now. Somebody's <laughs> going to come. You're going to have to find somebody else over here. Gosh darn it. I did not know that. Very good. Good question, Vince. That was a great question. Uh, all right. Which the Cub winning this manager and the Cardinal winning this manager? Which team's manager won the most games out of our winningest managers? I'm going to say the Cardinals. It is the Cardinals. The Cub, it's uh, it's the Cubs winningest manager is uh, Cap Anson, and uh, he won 1,282 games, and uh, he managed from 1879 to 1889. Been a little while ago. The Cardinals winning this manager is Tony LaRusso, and he had 1,408 victories. So 1,282 victories to 1,408 victories, and he managed from 1996 to 2011. So now is Cap Anson still alive? <laughs> maybe he's like uh, Walt Disney. They <laughs> kind of put him in the ice, maybe. Get waiting for him, waiting for whatever took him out to, to get cured. All right. My next question. <laughs> Lynn McLaughlin, 
Yes. For both the Cardinals and the Cubs. Okay. Which team did he win the most games with? Honestly, I don't know how long he pitched for the Cubbies. But for the Cardinals, I think he was with us perhaps three seasons. Say, I'm going to say the Cubs. I'm sorry, it's the Cardinals. You pitched, oh, pitched four seasons with the Cardinals, and I think he won 45 games, and he pitched uh, three and a half with the Cubs, and he won 32 games. Oh, man. You're kicking I, my butt. I didn't know that uh, Leonard passed away. Uh, he was one of those pitchers who, who I love to watch. He would get out there and battle. He didn't have the best stuff in the world. But uh, I was, I was when I was a kid. Uh, he was one of the Cardinals that I really liked, and when he went to the Cubs, I was pretty happy about that. Yeah, he was a veteran when he uh, was with us, and I always thought at the time he was like the ace of our staff. I really yeah, liked he, him. He, he, he after Gibson, uh, he and Force were kind of, you know, yeah. Force John Denny. We had John Denny, like Force and Denny came up uh, from the minors about the same time, and. And they both had very nice careers. All right. This was a tough one to find. So it's an odd question. I wanted to find out which managers got ejected the most for the Cubs and the Cardinals. The Cubs, I could find the answer. The Cardinals, I couldn't find the answer. The Cardinals, oh, we we don't deal with that kind of stuff. So there's a Cub manager that's been ejected the most, and there's a uh, Cardinal manager that's been ejected the most. Which one was ejected more times? Oh, which team's manager? <clears throat> the Cubs had the grocer who was thrown out of a ton of games. They had Herman Franks for a few years who got thrown out of a ton of games. They had Lou Pinella who could get thrown out of games. Um, <laughs> he just didn't get thrown out of games. He It was a work of art when yeah, Lou got thrown yeah. out. Um, Madden, he, he, he can get thrown out of the game every now and then, um, for the Cardinals. Um, now I, I don't know anything past Red Shandies, but Shandies was pretty much a very laid back guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Vern Rapp was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. And that's an obscure reference. Um, yeah. shave that hair, Alberbowski. Why do you get thrown out? Um, Larissa could get thrown out. Tori wasn't much of a, you know. Um, Matheny, gosh, uh, I think he slept through games. <laughs> I'm going to say the Cardinals. Actually, it's the Cubs. Ah. And here's why. And you nailed it. Leo DeRocher was thrown out. Now, this is in his career. I couldn't find, get it down to the year. So that it's kind of a bad question. But Leo DeRocher got thrown out a hundred times. hundred times. And Tony LaRusso was because he had such a long career, he got ejected 93 times. So the Cubs, the Cubs got that one. Let me ask you a question while we're on this. Uh, all right. Who was your favorite manager of all time to watch argue a call? Ooh, probably off the top of my head, Earl Weaver. Yeah. Yeah. A St. Louisan. He's from St. Louis, matter of yeah. fact. He five was foot five, <laughs> and he threw the best fits. He was better than Martin. Yeah. Oh, oh, they said one time he got ejected taking out the lineup card to the umpires at the beginning of the game. He was arguing about something yesterday and they threw him out. 
Oh, what a guy. What a guy. <laughs> All right. Which team has had the most ownership groups? Oh. Or owners? Yeah. Because sometimes it was singular. Well, you know, I, I really only go back three three owners. I'm going to say the Cubs. Very good, the Cubs. I'm on the board. Oh. And it's, by the way, it's not even close. The Cardinals have had only, I think, five ownership groups. And the Gru- Cubs wow, that's amazing. Like a lot. And one of the issue, one of the issues, one of the things with the Cubs is when the Wrigley's on the team, um, it's not like when the when the brewery on the team that you know it was still considered the bush somehow they would i guess do something with the ownership to where it was considered separate ownership so three generations of wrigley's owned the team but it wasn't like considered a continuous ownership it was three separate ownerships whereas when augie died and the brewery took it over somehow the way that was uh legally laid out that's considered one ownership so okay reality there I know the brewery had it for 42 years, and that's a long reign right there. That's that's pretty cool. All right. Um, this one, I, that's not, I don't think that's bad. Which stadium has a bigger seating capacity? And, I, well, anyway, I'll let you answer the question, and I got some little asterisks to put up in there. Are you talking about the current stadiums? Yes. Okay, easily Bush. It is Bush. I was thinking, because co- the Cardinals copied the Cubs, you guys had those rooftop seats. I didn't know if that really counted or not. They don't count them. The Cardinals, I think, count theirs because they actually own those seats across from the stadium. So I think they count that. But Wrigley Field is 41,469, and Bush Stadium is 46,000 even. Now, the big I got the four biggest stadiums here. So you're 41,000, we're 46,000. What would you think the biggest stadium in baseball is? Um, I, I, is it still Toronto? It's actually Oakland Coliseum. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a vast. They sometimes they just shut off the the upper deck. They got so many seats. Yeah, fifty six thousand seven hundred eighty two. So they, if they had a sellout, I don't. Except for World Series and playoffs, I don't remember them ever having a sellout. Dodgers, 56,000. Yankees, 54,251. And Coors Field, 50,144. So those are some big stadiums. And the smallest stadium in baseball is Cleveland, 34,830. So that's the smallest. I didn't know that. Now, Cleveland, whenever I was growing up, they played in a municipal stadium that had like 70,000. And Cleveland was really bad in the 70s and 80s. And when you would watch a game, because I used to, um, I had a, uh, when I had cable as a kid, there was this small station out of Chicago that did White Sox games. So I watched a lot of White Sox games when I was a kid. And in Cleveland, it felt like no one was there. You know, it was bad team, huge stadium, and it was pretty bad. Did they call it the mistake by the lake? Wasn't that was what what it was called? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. The, the mistake by the and and I think they're the, the Great Lake or the the waterway caught on fire. 
caught on fire once, if I remember right. Yeah, it's a pretty rough area over there. We uh we were gonna go to a, a game in Cleveland a few years ago, and I don't remember why we didn't. But yeah. We didn't. I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Oh, I want to go to that so bad. Yeah. It, it's it's really cool. So. All right, my next question. From 1940 to 2008, Major League Baseball had a Hall of Fame exhibition game during inaugura- inauguration. Is it inauguration? Enshrinement week, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Of the Cardinals and the Cubs, which team played in the most Hall of Fame games? Ooh. My memory of actually seeing baseball probably started in 73. And Man, I'm going to say the Chicago Cubs. Very good. I'm um, two. All right, I got two now. Yeah, Total luck. Total guess. They quit having that Hall of Fame game. I mean, football still has the Hall of Fame game, you know, as an exhibition game at the beginning of the season. But it was a pain in the neck getting two teams to go to Cooperstown, New York, in the middle of the season yeah. to play an exhibition game. It was like, Why? So they, they finally ceased doing that. But, yeah, I think the uh, Cubs did six and the Cardinals did four. I so. did not know that. I think the Cardinals and Cubs should play at uh, the Field of Dreams field. I think that would be classic. Yeah, yeah. That would be great. And bring back all the great old Cubs and Cardinals. And it would just – that I would I would try to get up there just to see, be a part of it. You know, I think that would be very cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, they're in London this year. I don't know what that's going to be like, but we're going to be in London playing each other for two games, I think, over there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. According to Forbes magazine, which franchise is worth more money? Oh, the Cubs. It is the Cubs. Um, the Cubs are the fourth uh worth the fourth most in all of Major League Baseball at three point eight billion dollars. Three point eight billion. The Cardinals are seventh worth $2.45 billion. Um, So you're right again, Vince. And here's the top six teams in value. The Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, then the Cubs, the Giants, the Mets, and then the Cardinals. So that's the top seven teams in value. Who is last and what are the Marlins worth? I don't know. They may be the San Antonio Marlins one day. I don't it, know. It could be Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I have no clue. I still love watching Oakland A's games because even though there's not many people there, they are they the are crowd, into it. Yeah. Oh, the crowd is hilarious and they're rowdy. And if they could just get a winner, just I don't know, five, ten games over five hundred. I think the fans would show up there, but I think they're gonna be in Las Vegas eventually. Mm. you can bet on it haha <laughs> okay which team was the first to broadcast games on tv Ooh, which team was the first to broadcast tv i just think because chicago's a bigger city it probably was chicago it was chicago um but it was only by one year Oh, okay. And uh, 
I did not know this. The Cardinals started their TV broadcast on the local NBC affiliate, I think, in 1950. The Cubs started in 49. And uh, just to kind of, sh- for those of you who are old-time Cub fans, uh, Jack Brickhouse actually did the first Cubs game, and uh, it was televised in 49. And uh, Jack Brickhouse did games until 82, I think it was. Wow. And uh, a little little trivia about myself. Uh, my full name is Vincent Lloyd Opper, and uh, I'm named after a Cub radio announcer, Vince Lloyd. And uh, so if you don't like that name, uh, which I didn't always like growing up, I kind of thank my lucky stars because I could have been named Jack Brickhouse Opper. So. <laughs> uh, I think there's a charm to listen to the games on the radio. You know, sometimes my me and my grandfather used to turn the TV down and listen to Jack Buck and Mike Shannon do the games on the radio while we watched it on the TV. That was pretty cool. And I also know this. I know that which team had lights first. <laughs> That's a pretty easy one right there. Uh, I always want to go to a day game in Chicago. That, that's that's probably a treat. All right. This one, I like this question right here. Which team has the most gold glove winners? I, I'm going to say the Cardinals. It is the Cardinals. Now, doing this research, I didn't realize this. The Cubs have had 44 gold glove winners. Uh, 1957 is when the gold glove started. 1957. 44 gold glove winners, 18 different players. The Cardinals have 98 gold gloves, which is a major league record. I did not know that. I knew we had quite a few, and 29 different players have won gold gloves. Uh, Just going over some of the names and uh, who won some. The the person that's got the most Cub gold gloves is uh, Ryan Sandberg, nine. That's fantastic. Um, Ron Santo, five. Rizzo had four. Greg Maddox with you guys had five. Yes, he could he could field. He was something special. Now, on the Cardinals side, I mean, we had certain players that took up a lot of gold gloves. Um, Gibson won nine. Yachty won nine. Bill White and Keith Hernandez, both first basemen, won six. Boyer won five. Ozzie Smith had 11. And Kirk Flood had seven. And uh, anyway, just... Two years ago, we had five guys win gold gloves in one year. Um, I did not bring up that question just to say, hey, look at us. But uh, I kind of thought it was the Cardinals, but I wasn't for sure because, man, baseball's got a long history. But uh, yeah, good answer. Vince, you're tearing it up. It's my day. (laughs) Okay. Which team had the first African-American player? I believe it was the San Luis Cardinals. Huh? I was beat them by one year. Oh, um, we got a, our first African American player was Ernie Banks, and yours was uh, I forgot his name. Um, played for you guys for only three years. wasn't an impact player, but I think he just recently passed away too. I can't think of his name though. Yeah, I I just read his name like three hours ago. But, yeah, you get you go down the rabbit hole. You think of these questions, and then you you, you look it up, and you say, "Oh wow, I, I don't know much about this player." So you know, I start going down the rabbit hole of Wikipedia, reading about him, and then players like him. And there's a hot tag to someone else. You know, oh yeah, you know, I'm like, what was I doing here? 
Oh, I love the statistics, the stories, the chapters. One, and like you said, one thing leads into another, one season into the next. It's pretty amazing. All right. This is one of my favorite questions. All right. There's no way anybody's going to know this answer. So it's a just a pure guess. Which team sells the most beers during a game? <laughs> I did a lot of research on this one. I'm going to say the Cardinals. It is actually the Chicago Cubs. Wow. They rate, and they got a smaller capacity. I, remember when they do that beer cup bridge from the first row all the way back? Yeah, the, 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 the beer cup snakes is, is a thing now, yeah. Now, you got to figure this. Kids under 21 aren't drinking. And then there's other people who just don't drink. So, man, the people who drink make up a big difference. The, the average Cub fan drinks 3.4 beers. Or do they have other alcohol beverages? This is 3.4 drinks. I don't know if they have anything but beer. I don't know if they have. Uh, yeah, they, they, they're like other teams. You can get a mixed drink at a ball you game You can get now. mixed drink. Okay, no. I didn't know that. I'm not a drinker. But 3.4 drinks per fan. And the average fan at a Cub game spends $45. So if you... 40, On what beer? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I don't drink now. All right. So the Cubs rank 14th. The Cardinals rank 26th. The Cardinals have averaged 2.8 drinks per fan, and that, and they spend about $28. Uh, per fan on drinks. So, man, that surprises me being they are so tied up with the brewery still in this yeah. town. But when I think about it, uh, the Cardinals do a little bit of a better job than most teams, including the Cubs, having like family, you know, uh, family days and stuff like that. Um, so I, I think you probably have more kids going to Cardinal games than you do Cub games. A lot of kids. There is a lot of kids. And and uh, we seem to have a lot of old older people, too, which is great. You'll see a grandfather, a father, and his grandson all go to the game and everything and and all that. So, uh, you know, oh, by, by the way, can I ask this just one little part of this question? What team sells the most beers? Which team sells? Because I thought you'd get a kick out of this. <laughs> Which teams? Is, I would think the Brewers. <laughs> Your bitter enemy, the Chicago White Sox. Oh. Bunch of boozers over there. They drank 4.2 drinks, averaging $46 uh, per fan. So I think the Cubs only sell uh, 3.4, but they make $45. I think they charge more per beer than the than the White Sox. Oh, yeah. It's it's more expensive. Brickley's more expensive than Comiskey, U.S. Cellular, whatever they're calling it nowadays. Um. I've been to hundreds of games. I don't know if I've been to a thousand games, but I've been to hundreds of games. I have never ordered a beer at a game. All right. Yeah. I, I've never, no one's ever bought me one. I've never drank a beer at a game. So, well, I, Car the Cardinals will let you take in an unopened plastic bottle. So I always take a Mountain Dew in, you know, and I drink on that the whole game. I'm a cheapskate. Mm. <laughs> Okay, Harry Carey, broadcasting legend for both teams. Yes. Which team did he call more games for, the Cardinals or the Cubs? I'm going to say the San Luis Cardinals. You're right. Yeah, I think he's here for a long, long time. Yeah, he was here a lot longer. So. Yeah. Love Harry. He was a fan. He made everything exciting. 
and he would get on the players. You know, he'd, he'd tell them if they weren't hustling, he'd let you know about it. And, um, yeah, he was just a fan. I love him. What a great character. And uh, he was with the White Sox and the Cubs and the Cardinals that I know of, anyway. He's, he spent one year in Oakland with the A's with Charlie oh. Finley. Oh, um, that would have been Most fun. entertaining baseball I watched was, like I said, when I was a kid, I would watch White Sox games. Uh, he was uh, paired with Jimmy Pearsall, who Jimmy Pearsall, if you've never – if you don't know anything about Jimmy Pierce, I'll Google him. He was out there. <laughs> and that was the most entertaining baseball. Pierce, he, he was like Harry Carey on steroids. He didn't care what he said. Um, once they showed the, the, the players' lives, he said, yeah, they're just in it for the checks. Um, <laughs> the White Sox had a bad infield. And one time he said, yeah, with our infield, every ground ball is an adventure. I mean, he, he had no filter. And, and the uh, fans loved him. I bet the fans oh, loved him. Yeah, fans loved him. And uh, there's there's a movie about him uh, called Fear Strikes Out because he was one of the first major league players that actually um, had a went public with his mental health issues and uh, the therapy. And that movie Fear Strikes Out is about that. Uh, Jimmy Pearsall, when he hit his 100th home run in baseball, he ran the bases backwards. Um, Is that against the rules? I don't know. Can you yeah, do that? They, they, it, was, it wasn't until then. Now they've made it against the rules. <laughs> All right. He, uh, the, the, the bugs were so bad in Cleveland. He was an excellent defensive center fielder. He was playing, I think, for the Red Sox at the time, and the bugs were so bad in Cleveland that he walked out the center field one inning with a insecticide just sprayed it everywhere. <laughs> He was quite a guy. Oh, man. Thank you for sharing that story. That's good stuff. I'll Uh check that out. Uh, Whose turn is it? The last question I asked was who Harry Carey called the more names for. Oh, yeah. So it's my turn. Okay. Yeah, we got off there. That's how we do. We go down that rabbit hole. We're all over the place. Okay. Which team? This is a good one. Which team is throwing more no-hitters? I think the Cardinals have. It's the Chicago Cubs. Wow. Yes. 17 no-hitters for the Cubbies, 10 for the Cardinals. So that's – you almost doubled us the no-hitters. You guys Gosh. had a you guys had a guy in the 1800s named Larry Corcoran. He threw three no-hitters from 1880 to 1884. So, See, I'm, I'm just thinking of my lifetime – Forsh, I remember through two no hitters. Yes, uh, um, seventy eight and eighty three. Um, Bud Smith threw a no hitter. Bud did. Um, gosh, a, who else has thrown no hitters? There was a, a kid named Hyman uh, Hymenes. He, uh, yes, yes, Jimenez. Um, yes, there's four I can think of. Gibson, I believe, had one no hitter in his career. Okay, and that's in our sort of in our lifetimes there. Yeah. And uh, um, I can't think of anybody else. I mean, it just seemed like the Cardinals had. We had a lot of good pitchers, but we, well, Michaelis almost threw one last year. He got down to like one out to go and they got a hit off of him. Hmm. So uh, we've come close a lot, but 10. Uh, but you guys had, uh, and you did a 
a piece on Kenny Holtzman. He had two. And Jacob Arrieta, I did not know, had two no-hitters. Yeah, he had two. He had, he had two within, like, I mean, there were two different seasons, but they were pretty, like, within I, 10 starts of each other. In that time period, I thought that guy was going to be Hall of – he was headed – headed to the hall of fame i mean he was there was like two years like you said that my goodness he was special we we could only hope to stay close and get in your bullpen that was it he was so good and carrie wood too back in them days but um our last no hitter was uh let's see bud smith 2001 you mentioned that against the padres and you guys had a no hitter um 2021 zach davies uh Zach Davies with uh, Kimbrel was the reliever, and you beat the Dodgers four to nothing. Oh, I I, I don't count those. As oh, much. it's the four four guys together. No, you don't. Okay, all right, but that I it goes in the record books. It goes in the record books. Yeah, during the uh, pandemic season, um, the abbreviated season, um, the seven inning no hitters they had. Yeah, no, uh, um, Brad Mills threw a no hitter against the uh, Brewers. That was one of the oh. most unlikely no hitters. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, we we've had one recently. We've had a there was a no hitter last year. I believe it was the Pirates and the Reds. One of the teams threw a no hitter and lost the game one to nothing. Yeah, that, that was an odd one there. Yeah, I, I remember uh, the White Sox and the Yankees played. I think it was White Sox and the Yankees, and one of the pitchers uh, had a no hitter. Uh, it, it was counted as a no hitter at the time. They don't count them as no hitters anymore because he lost four to one. So he only pitched eight innings because um, he lost. Um, but yeah, I threw a no hitter and gave up four runs, four hundred runs. All right, which team did the first Beanie Baby promotion? Oh man, <laughs> I know nothing about this. Nothing. Neither, I, yeah, this one I'm I'm total guess. Uh I've seen more, I think I've seen more Cub Beanie Baby, so I'm gonna say Cubs. Cubs have. Yeah. All right. Hey, there JJ, we go. you have tied me. You pulled to a five to five tie. So it's coming down to the ninth inning now. Last last at bat, yeah. All right. This is an odd one. And I this just happened to be the tenth one. I wanted to pick a team that'd been around a long time and the Cardinals and Cubs have played this team a ton. Which of the teams, Cubs, Cardinals, have a better lifetime record against the Braves? I just picked a team at random. They've been around a long time, counting Atlanta and Milwaukee. I'll just say the Cardinals because they've always been better. You will not believe how close this is. Through all these years, all these decades, century. The Cubs have three more wins against the Atlanta Braves. Get this. It's a 1,070 wins and 906 losses. That's the Cubs. The Cardinals have 1,067 wins and nine 921 losses. I don't know how we got so many more losses in y'all. I guess rainouts or I don't know. Games got suspended. I, I'm not sure. But you guys have a five- Four one percentage winning winning percentage against the Braves, and we have a five thirty seven. So both the Cardinals and Cubs have the winning records against the Atlanta or the Braves. Um, the the Cubs' last winning decade against the Braves was the nineteen seventies. Uh, they went sixty six and fifty five. 
And the Cardinals' last winning uh, decade was 2010s. They were 38 and 31 against the Atlanta Braves. So I thought that was just an interesting stat. I got three words to say to that in your face. (laughs) Last question. You get this right. You have bragging rights. All right. All right. You won the first time we did the nickname. So maybe I can pull even here. All right. Which team was the first to serve nachos in their stadium? The first team to sell nachos. Oh, man. Oh, that's a... That's a great question. That's a stupid question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm. You know what? Every, you know, I'm like George Costanza. I'm going to go against all what I think is this. So I'm going the other way. I'm going to say the Cardinals. I thought it would be the Cubs, but I'm going to say Cardinals. The Cardinals were the. They beat the Cubs. They served nachos first in their stadium. Hey, hey, hey. you got hey. six right. I got five right. Hey. hey. That's a winner. Oh, you can't see it on here. Oh, man. I had that sign. That's a winner. Oh, you do well. know that God's a Cub fan. That's why he blacked you out there. He sure did. All right. We got John the Baptist on our side. <laughs> well, let's, uh, before we open baseball cards, let's, let me ask you this. Yeah. And don't say the, uh, don't say like to win the World Series. What is one thing? you want from the Cardinals for Christmas? What is one thing? As a fan. Mm, I would like a left-handed bat. I would like a left-handed bat. Uh, A DH, perhaps, or that kid from Pittsburgh that switch hits. That would be really nice. You know, last week I went on and on about Rondon. And uh, I didn't really think there was a chance of us getting him, but a left-handed bat, a nice left-handed bat. My my expectations are pretty simple. Like they say, uh, oh, we want everybody to hit three. You can't. Everybody ain't hitting three hundred. I say yeah. this guy could just hit two sixty. Maybe control the strikeouts a little. I'll take it. You know, hit hit just hit two sixty. You know, mm-hmm. so my I have, but a left-handed bat, a nice left-handed bat that can DH or play in the outfield. That would be awesome. What about you? What would you uh, want from the Cubbies this year? The one thing I want from the Cubbies is I want uh, Kyle Hendricks to bounce back, get healthy, and get that proper uh, speed distance between his fastball and changeup and become dominant again. Because mm. um, there, there's some pitchers I love to watch because they're power pitchers, and I, I love to watch, you know, them do their thing. I always loved Randy Johnson watching him. Um, you mentioned Arietta when he, he was going through that time when he was just unhittable. Uh, but I also love a good control pitcher who changes speeds, Greg Maddox, uh, Randy Jones, whenever I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And, and Hendricks, Hendricks is just like that, just goes out there and outthinks the hitter. And with with stuff that should be hit by a college team, he's he's successful. So I just hope he bounces back. That would he, be he owns the Cardinals. When we play him, it's a long day when he pitches. For some reason, he owns us. Was it a couple of years? Uh, he shut out the Cardinals. And what I thought was funny was he he threw like eighty pitches. He threw he threw very few pitches. The Cardinals just went up there and swung at the first pitch. Everybody was swinging at the first pitch. And I'm thinking, 
man, why don't you guys try to be a little patient and see if you obviously they must have went over that in the meeting. They must have said he throws a first drag, go yeah. attack. And that must yeah. have been in the meeting or something. Yep. Golly. All right, JJ, what are you opening up today? I am opening up a Donruss pack and I'm looking for the year. And to be honest with you, I'm not seeing the year on here, but this is what the pack looks like. See, when I put these backgrounds up there, you can't hardly see anything. There we go. That's a little bit of it. I don't know if we're going to be able to see my cards today, Vince, but we'll see. Hold them in front of your face. Should do good. Oh, there you go. I won the contest, but Vince is smarter. <laughs> Gosh darn. I had a long day at work. I'm not feeling well. I'm dehydrated. <laughs> All right. You had a long day at work. You're feeling like this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's me tonight, today for sure. Well, what, what are you opening up today? I am opening up, going going older than I've ever went before, 1986 tops. Ooh, 86. Good year. Good year. That's the year uh, the ball went through Buckner's legs, I believe. 86. Yes. Yes. Golly. Poor Bill Buckner. Well, can I, want me to go first with uh, go my guys? Go ahead. Well, they have a special Diamond Kings. And it's more of a drawing card, but it's old Bo Jackson. Ah, Bo. Yeah, Bo. In, in, I read in the 90s, the three players, that if they came to your town, the, the attendance went way up. And it was Jose Casenko, Bo Jackson, and Nolan Ryan. When those three guys come to your town, the uh, the, the attendance was higher. Uh, Jeff King yeah. from the, from the uh, Pirates. Yeah, good player. Yeah, very good player. Oh, here's one for you. Hubie Brooks. Expo. Oh. Yeah. Former Expo, very. former Met. Yeah, yeah. Very nice player. Nice career. Um Craig Lefferts from the Giants. Former a, Cub. Oh, really? See, we run into a lot of former Cubs. Uh that's a good action photo right there. <laughs> Him coming off in there. Um Frank, oh, everybody's favorite. Frank Williams. I couldn't tell you a thing about this guy right here, Frank Williams. That's he, he was in the witness protection program. That's not his real name. Lance Johnson from the White Sox. Oh, the biggest glove in baseball. Did he have the biggest glove? with the Cardinals. Yes, he did. I was gonna I was gonna bring that up about Lance Johnson. Seems like the Cardinals, uh man, we supplied a lot of uh outfielders around the league back in those days. He uh late in his career played for the Cubs. Oh, did he? Yes. Oh, okay, another player that did that. All right, I don't know if you remember this guy. Nice player, Edwin Nunes, the the pitcher. Yeah, with the, the Tigers, right there. Very nice. Uh, a a nice guy who he was a journeyman. Pete O'Brien, there he is with the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, Indians and Had some power. Yeah, he he did have. Oh, hey, if he wasn't playing baseball, he was in trouble with the law. Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> can i tell you lenny dykstra and wally backman I, I i'm kind of a, i am a met hater i admit it i'm trying to get i'm in therapy for it but lenny dykstra wally backman they'd always get on base somehow hit by pitch walk just slap it on the ground and run they were very good players and uh i think they had to sanitize the outfield after dykstra was out there he had chewing tobacco all over the outfield have you have you read uh Moneyball? 
I saw the movie. Well, if you read the the book's a lot different than the movie. Um, he goes into uh, a Lenny Dykstra, and uh, Bean came up with Dykstra, and Bean was the more heralded player and everything. Dykstra was kind of like a nobody, but they they compared the mentality. Bean would overthink things all the time, and he would think, oh, my gosh, I'm facing Steve Carlton. How am I going to get my hits today? Lenny Dykstra would say, who's that guy pitching today? And Bean said, uh, that's Steve Carlton. That's one of the greatest. Now, Dykstra's left-handed. He said, oh, I'll kill him. You know, it was Lenny Dykstra just had this weird mentality and um, served him to be a great ball player and a terrible businessman, a rotten human being. So. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I like this. Uh, Donruss has, they got a puzzle and it's Carl Skrimsky and they have uh, a card of Carl, what the puzzle looked like. Ah, there it is. So th- you'll get that Carl Skrimsky puzzle put together. That's what you get. I like Carl won the uh, triple crown. Uh, here was a guy. He had a few good years. Uh, Oakland, a Mike Moore. Yeah. There he is an action pitching. Uh, a guy who was always like an extra guy off the bench. Good player. Kevin Romaine. Romaine. Okay, yes. There he is with the Red Sox. And the last one, uh, New York Met Keith Miller. I really don't know anything about him, but I like those Met uniforms back then. That, that was pretty cool. Those blue, baby blues. So that's it for my uh, my pack this week. Okay, I got the 86 tops. Oh, I'm excited. This is going to be great. Memory lane. And are we going to get a Frank Thomas? We are going to start off with a... About a 35-year-old piece of gum. <laughs> I mean, this has a brown spot on it. Oh, I don't know where that gum's been. Yeah, it's pretty bad. All right. Oh, we're starting off with a oh. Cub, Billy Hatcher, who made a name for himself with the uh Reds in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. He was a Red, too. But, yeah, you're right. He had, like, didn't he have, like, Five hits in a row and a game. Yeah, or he, he had a heck of a postseason uh, one year for the uh, for the Astros. Uh, I remember the guy uh, Zane Smith pitched for the uh, Braves. I remember him. Yeah, lefty. Ooh, former batting champion, All Star, Carney Lansford for oh, the A's. I, I love Carney Lansford. I believe he was a Red Sox at one time too, perhaps. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think they traded him because Boggs came up from the minors. Yeah, and uh, Lansford, he hit well for Oakland. And Good player. He won his batting title for the Red Sox, yes. So, um, former Pirate. Uh, hold on. Larry McWilliams. I remember Larry McWilliams. I think I remember him as an Atlanta Brave player, too. Yeah, I, yeah, that's where I remember him from. Um, former pirate Jim Wynn, not to be confused with the toy cannon Jimmy Wynn. Yeah, honestly, I don't remember him. To be I honest. don't either, but I do remember <laughs> the toy cannon. So. I do, yeah. Oh, this was a really good player for the Blue Jays. I uh, had about a good three, four year stretch. Lloyd Mosby. Yes, very good player. And uh, here's a guy who uh, 
I don't think he's in the Yankee Hall of Fame. Andre Robertson, who I've never heard of until this time, but he does have the distinction of having a gum stain on the back of his card. <laughs> I said gum stain. Okay. Oh, oh, gum stain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Tops Spring Fever Baseball went a trip for Ford to the 1987 spring training camp of the team of your choice. No purchase necessary. I am. I am. They do have time travels, don't they? Have you ever been? Uh, have you ever been to the Cubs spring training? No, no. I've been to Cardinals twice and Jupiter. It's it's a blast. It's relaxed. You walk in and they've got the roster, the lineups for the day in like grease pencils on there and all the old timers like myself are sitting there and talking about the kids and, Oh, you got to see this one and that one. And you can go in the back fields and watch them take button practice. It's great. I recommend it. Hmm. Yeah. I'll have to do that one day. That sounds like fun. Former tiger, also former angel, Frank oh, Tanana. Frank Tanana. Uh, I think he was like a one, two punch with Nolan Ryan in California. Yeah. He, he he was a he was a hard thrower. Uh, he was a lefty. Uh, Ryan was the righty. They they both racked up a lot of strikeouts, and he got injured. And he reinvented himself as a uh, uh, left-handed uh, control pitcher, kind of junk ball pitchers. They used yeah. to call him with the uh, Tigers. And uh, I got this card: Dodger leaders. Oh, the okay. uh, Dodger leaders for 1985. Uh, uh, home runs: Pedro Guerrero, 33. Mike Marshall drove in 95 runs. Mariano Duncan sold 38 bases. Uh, innings. Fernando, 272 innings. Oral Hershiser won 19 games. Uh, complete games. Fernando finished 14. Fernando. Uh, middle infielder for the Twins. Greg Gagne. I remember him. Yeah, nice career. Mm-hmm. Ooh, a guy who, who looked like he was going to be a Hall of Famer and then had some health issues, including cancer, Eric Davis. Uh, Eric the Red. Yeah. Uh, he played with the Cardinals. I think he played one year with the Cardinals. Yeah, I think he did towards the end of his career. Yeah, there at the end. Uh Former A's pitcher Steve Ontiveros, not to be confused with 70s Cub third baseman Steve Ontiveros. What are the chances the two guys with the name Steve Ontiveros played baseball? I don't know. Um, we've had this guy before with the White Sox, uh, Ron Kittle. Ron Kittle. The year. Big guy. And... <sighs> We need to play the lottery because my last card is Frank Williams. <laughs> <laughs> he apparently had two seasons in Major League Baseball. So we got every card he ever had. Well, JJ, I hope you have a good Merry Christmas. I have a great safe Christmas. Love that family and um and everybody out there that listens. You guys take care and take love one another and have a great Christmas. Yes, everybody, thank you for supporting. Next week will be, I guess, our year-end show. And uh, I guess we're going to talk about uh, the progress we've made so far. If uh, there's something that you uh, particularly like or particularly don't like, uh, please let us know in email. We're trying to make the show better. 
If that's something you particularly don't like is Vincent Opper. Um, you can just keep that to yourself. I don't want to read it. I have such a fragile ego. I'll cry uh, during the podcast. So, but seriously, if there, if there's some suggestions you have, let us know. We're having a blast doing this and our, our viewership fluctuates. Um, our listenership fluctuates uh, because sometimes the podcast, we don't have a whole lot. And then all of a sudden it's a week where people are listening to the podcast more. So um, kind of let us know what we can do to, uh, to improve things. And we would appreciate your feedback. JJ, I will see you after Christmas. Okay. All right. I'm show off that shirt one more time. Look at that. Rock Woo-hoo! that thing. There you That's go. Right. There you go. 